turn around, smile at somebody if you can. They can see your face. <laughs> Amen. Greet them, tell them hello, tell them you're so glad they're here. Those of you online, we're so glad you joined us this morning. Man, praise God, praise God. <laughs> Every time. And, and this, this isn't the only place it can happen. Amen. But it is a place where it should happen. That God will minister to you and touch you. And, and our prayer, even as our leadership team gets together in the morning, our prayer is that every person has an encounter with the Lord. Has an encounter that, that, that changes things in their life. Doesn't mean every time it's, it's, you know, trying to get you resaved. It's not that. It's that you have an encounter with God that changes something because we all need that in our life. Amen. We're growing, increasing, moving forward with God. And so I just, so good to see your faces. Um, I want to encourage you, you know, as you're there, look around, see who's around you. you. You see somebody that you don't recognize, somebody new, be sure and say hello, love on them. Um, you know, don't go touch them if, if, if they don't want you to touch them, amen? Give them some space. <laughs> it's crazy that we got to think like that, right? But right now we do, so just be mindful of that, amen? Praise God, praise God. I'm excited. Well, I'll just say this uh, um, um, real quick about the offering. I just want to thank you for being so generous in your giving. Um, I think we're a little uh, over $2,000-ish um, towards... Uh, Beirut, amen, and, and so uh, this, I don't know if it's been sent yet, but it'll for sure go out this week, uh, another 2,500, so we're sending out the 5,000, and I just appreciate you giving and, and being willing to sow into that. You have no idea the, the, the return on that. You have no idea the return. I mean, we know what God's word says, but I'm talking about the actual impact. And so I just want to say thank you for being faithful to do that. And as we get more updates, we will share those with you. But I've known the ministry for 30 years, and I know the quality. I know the ground we're sowing into, and I know that they're making a difference. Amen. So right now, you know, um, they're ahead of us, so it's still daytime. So right now, you are ministering the gospel in Beirut. Lebanon and the surrounding areas. You're doing that because of your giving, because of your participation. I just think that's cool. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, man, <clears throat> so um, I, I still get to preach, right? Amen. Y'all came to hear the word. So um, I want to share a, a, a word to you today that I believe will help you and encourage you and, and if you haven't noticed, what the Lord's put on my heart is to prepare you for things to come. I wish I could say, I mean, there's a, there's a positive and a wonderful side to that. I've seen the glory of God, and we're going to get to that. But there's another side of that that comes, uh, the challenges and the things that come to try and stand in our way and keep us from being able to do and be who God's called us to be. Amen. If, if I don't know, the Bible says that we're not ignorant of the devil's devices and that we're wise as serpents, but we're gentle. So we're not serpents, but we're wise. So as believers, we are walking on two fronts. I'm aware of the adversary and the things that he's going to try and do to stop me, but I'm also aware of what God's doing and what he wants to do through me. 
Do you see what I'm saying? And if I'm not aware of both, then something's missing. Because there's people that are full of what God, and and I believe God can do this and God can do that, but they're not aware of what the enemy's trying to do. Not aware in the sense of being fearful, it's just being aware. So that I'm not missing something where the enemy can sneak in and undermine and pull back and, 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 and cause me to not be able to fulfill what God's put in me to do. And, and we see that. We've, we've seen that from the beginning of time. Amen. We saw it in the garden, right? God laid out all the things that were good. But they missed something. And the deceiver came in and deceived. Amen. So the Bible says more than one place, do not be deceived. Turn to your neighbor and say, do not be deceived. So if he's telling us not to, that means there's a opportunity to be deceived, right? Okay. So, you know, we're living in this world, and according to the word of God, that in the last days it's going to continue to get darker. Mankind is going to continue to grow in wickedness. And, and I'm talking about the world. I'm talking about the world system. So when we look at the world and, and where things are going, the, the world system is not going to get better. And I've told you that over and over, and it's not because I'm a doomsday person. It's just because that's what the Word says, right? But that doesn't mean that my world can't get better. It it depends on what world I'm living in, what world I'm living according to. So I have some choices to make, but it doesn't mean that this world doesn't affect me. You see what I'm saying? So I want to be prepared and be able to handle whatever comes because the truth of the word, the Bible says that when Jesus comes back, he said, I'm bringing my reward with me. He says, every man will receive according to what he has done. (laughs) Done. Not intended to do. Not thought about doing. Not hoped to do, but... No, according to what he's done. (laughs) See, there's a lot more at stake than just making it through and then living in the, you know, the great cloud of glory. And I'm not diminishing that because heaven is real and it's a powerful thing and it's important. But what I do here and now and the life that I live has everything to do with what that next season of my life is going to be like. And I'm making those choices every day. I'm making those choices every day that's going to impact that to some degree. So I want to read to you a couple of scriptures here. Um, let's go to 2 Timothy 3, 1, 6. 2 Timothy 3, 1. I, I, I just want to open with this. Just keep it simple. This is what the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, who's a pastor. This is what he's saying. But this, know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, 
brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. It says, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. It says, now as Janice and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also, listen, resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith But they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. So he's talking about mankind, but he's also talking about that same carnal mentality even being in the household. Because they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of it. And so he's telling him, listen, know this. Right? Know this, that in the last days, we're in the last days. Now, when Jesus is coming back, I don't know. I know he's coming. And I know that I'm living every day as though he's coming. So when he comes, it doesn't really matter to me. As long as I have breath and I'm on this earth, my goal, my responsibility is to run the race that he set before me and to minister the gospel and win souls and to disciple people and see lives changed. Amen? That, that's not just my responsibility. That is our responsibility. <laughs> And that's got to be the focus of my life. So it doesn't mean that it's not important. I want to know as much as I can know about when Jesus is coming. But it's kind of like, you know, when when, when you went on trips. I mean, I remember with our family, we would go on trips. We drove everywhere. My dad drove a big, you know, station wagon with the flip-up seat in the back. And, you know, we'd sit in the back seat staring at the cars, you know, looking at us. And, uh, you know, just driving along and... And, and, and you know the, the famous words, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And, 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 of course, mom and dad are like, oh, my gosh, you know, stop asking. You know, we'll get there when we get there, you know. I don't know if you've ever said that to your kids. Um, but sometimes I think the church is so enamored and say, well, Jesus, are you coming yet? Jesus, are you coming yet? Jesus, are you coming yet? Like we have nothing else to do. The reason we ask is because we were tired of the journey. And I want to know how long I have to endure what I'm enduring and sitting in the back seat of this car before I get to get out and get to my destination. And many times as, as believers, if we're not careful, our attitude is not being steadfast in what God's called us to do, it's I'm asking the question, are we there yet? Are you coming back yet? I can't wait till you come back. I can't wait to get out of this place. I can't wait to be with you. Listen, there's nothing wrong with having that desire, but if you're not careful, you're gonna be so focused on that that you miss the ministry and and what's in front of you and what God's called you to do today. 
And so if we're going to make it and, and, and be able to fulfill what he's called us to do, we're going to have to be steadfast. You want to know how to be successful as a Christian? It's, it's real easy. Don't quit. Don't quit. Be steadfast. Graves are filled with quitters. Hell is filled with quitters. And God's not called us to quit. We're not of that mindset. We're not of that family. That DNA is not in us as believers. Because we've been promised something, and that is a victory if we faint not, if we don't quit, if we don't give in, if we don't back down. And the enemy is doing everything he can to try and get you to quit. And I'm going to show you here. We're probably going to have to do it this week and next. But our key to life is not quitting. It's being steadfast. It's the steadiness of life and believing in God and serving God every day. It's, it's, it's not just, you know, if I can just make it here and make it there. No, there's a steadfastness. And the word steadfast, it means firmly fixed in a place It means immovable, not subject to change, firm in belief, determination, or adherence. Are you firm in your belief this morning? Are you firm in your adherence to that belief? Are you fully determined? Romans 4 says Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised he was well able to perform. And he didn't quit on the promise. And Isaac was eventually born. And the promise of God has been fulfilled as far as the the sons of Abraham. We're all sons of Abraham. He's the father of our faith. And you can't number them. So God made good on his word. And Moses, I mean not Moses, but Abraham many times, are we there yet? Go to 1 Corinthians 15, 57. This verse comes at the bottom of this chapter where he's talking about the return of the Lord. He's talking about death being swallowed up in victory. It's a scripture that we use many times at funerals. And, and, but he's talking about the coming of the Lord. He's talking about that, that, that moment of time. The Bible says we'll all be changed and this corruption will be put on incorruption. But listen, at the end of all this, this is what he says. He says in verse 57, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always. Everybody say always. Abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing, everybody say knowing, that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So what is he saying? He's saying that, listen, we've been given the victory. Even though you don't see the victory maybe in every aspect of your life or you look out in this world and you don't see the the greater scope of victory, maybe there's an area of your life that the enemy just keeps pushing back. Maybe you are facing something that you keep getting knocked down. Listen, the apostle Paul got knocked down, but he said, I just didn't get knocked out. In other words, I got knocked down, but I didn't stay down. 
And, 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 and that was something there's, that, that, that my father instilled in me from my early age, and that was to not be a quitter. I'm not a quitter. It's not in me to quit, sometimes to a fault. And I'm not going to quit concerning the things of God because he's promised me the victory. But in order to see that victory, what he says is, is because we have victory, he says, therefore. In other words, because we know we have victory, this is what I need to be doing right now today. And that is to be steadfast, to be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that my labor is not in vain in the Lord. Whatever you're doing in the Lord is not in vain. It doesn't matter if you see the full result of it today or tomorrow or next week. There is going to be a revealing of what you've done in the Lord, and the Bible says he's carrying his reward with him. You know the story of the talents. I don't want to be the man full of excuses. Because the master called him a wicked and unprofitable servant. He was still a servant in the house, but he called him wicked and unprofitable. Sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? But it was because the master gave everyone according to his ability. So the master knew he had the ability to at least double what he gave him, just like the others. He just chose not to do it. Let me read to you verse 58 out of the Amplified. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now listen to what that means. That statement, always abounding in the work of the Lord. This is what the Amplified says. It says, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted or to no purpose. God never wastes anything. He's never wasted a moment of time. He's never wasted a second of time. He's never wasted a, a, a microsecond because the Bible says in the blink of an eye will all be changed. He's got it all the way down to one whatever thousandths of a second that blink of an eye is that he won't even waste that. So he's not wasting your time, he's not wasting my time by asking us to do things and to engage in what the word of God says and, and, and to fulfill what he set before us. See, he, he sees it as being fruitful when we're being obedient to what he's called us to do. When we're steadfast, it leads to being abounding. It leads to abounding in the work of the Lord, excelling and doing more, accomplishing more. Now listen, by the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God, that, that, that abounding in the work of the Lord is not according to your ability. It's not according to my ability. It's according to his grace. Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. He says, it was not I, but by the grace of God. He said, I worked harder than everybody else. But it wasn't me, it wasn't my strength, it was God's strength. 
It was his grace working in me and through me. And he talks about, the Apostle Paul talks about the grace of God toward you and me not being in vain. Not wasting the grace. You see, when I'm not doing what I'm called to do and I'm not steadfast, I'm not abounding, then what I'm doing is I begin to waste his grace on my life. And he doesn't want us to waste that grace because that grace cost the blood of Jesus. He wants us to be fruitful and effective with our life. And, 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 and listen, that doesn't mean you can't enjoy life. I'm not saying that you have to be preaching the gospel in the sense of every minute of the day. I'm just talking about being obedient to what he's asking you to do, what he's called you to do. Amen? Do you see what I'm saying? And we have a victory, and, and because of that, the Bible says that Jesus, for the joy set before him, the joy set before him, he, what, endured the cross, despising the shame. He was able to endure the challenge because he saw the joy set before him. And I think sometimes, and, and, and actually coming up after this next series, I'm believing we're going to get to do it, do a, a small series on eternity. Because I don't think many of us live our lives with an eternal perspective. We live our life with a temporal thing of how I feel right now today and whether I feel like doing what God's called me to do, but I don't live with eternity on my mind, realizing that I was, number one, created for eternity, and I have an eternity whether I like it or not, but I get to choose that eternity. Amen. You can write that. That'll be for another day. Listen, you and I have an adversary that's trying to get you to back down. He's trying to get you to withdraw. He's trying to get you to relinquish your authority. He's trying to get you to give up your rights. He's trying to get you to give up your future, to give up your reward, and he's trying to get you and I to be ineffective. We have an adversary. Amen. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, everybody say adversary, the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Everybody say resist him. The Bible says steadfast, how? Steadfast in the faith. Steadfast in my steadfast faith. Steadfast in my steadfastness of walking with God, I'm able to resist the enemy. He's not going to tell me to do something I cannot do. He says, resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Now listen, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. He's talking about there, and Peter, listen, there's people going through all kinds of stuff all over the world. Some of the things we're facing right now, people have already lived through. The challenges, the, 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 the unrest, the, 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 the things that are going on, the chaos, the confusion. There's people that have lived through that. Just because you haven't doesn't mean somebody else has it. So he says, listen, know that other people have already been through or, or even could be currently going through what you're going through. That's why it's so important that we walk in love with one another because we're all going through stuff. 
And we got to quit trying to compete over who's going through the most. You know what I'm saying, Facebook. We put out our story on Facebook, see how many people will suffer with us. God didn't ordain Facebook. It's not the place to get your prayers answered. It's not the place to get your sympathy. It's not the place to get all that. Facebook is just information, and too many times it's misinformation. Amen. You have a church family. You have a church family. All you got to do is contact your church family. Well, I don't know anybody. Well, meet somebody. Well, anyway. Listen, I, I love you, but I can't meet the need of every person. It's not what I'm called to do. And neither are you called to meet the need of every person. But God divinely connects us with people. Even within the house, there's smaller connections. And part of that is why we do life groups, so that you can build relationship and connect. Don't get frustrated because you don't know anybody, but you weren't willing to connect. The Bible says the man who has friends must first show himself what? Friendly. I understand, listen, I understand being shy and, and those different things. Listen, I'm not mad at you. I, I just, I want you to get to know people and connect with people. Amen? So, small groups, another plug. You need to be in a small group. I'm telling you, it's vital. It's not just a, we're not just doing some little ministry out there to try and just keep people occupied. No, life, life is imparted through small groups because there's relationship. Amen. Hallelujah. Colossians 1.21. It says, And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you, me, holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So that's his heart towards you is that he's reconciled us through his body, amen, through his death, burial, and resurrection to present us, his bride, his church, right, holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. And that is not because of your or my perfection in the sense of how I live my life that I make no mistakes. It's through his blood and it's through our faith in him. Now listen, now there's an if. Verse 23 says if. Everybody say if. If indeed you continue in the faith. If you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister. So he's saying, listen, this is what God's heart is, is that he wants you and I to be reconciled through his death, burial, and resurrection. We're made righteous through our faith in him. So that means to present us holy. Holy isn't perfection. Holy means to be set apart. So many times we think of holy, you know, we use, you're holier than thou. That means that you are some uppity person and you live this better life. That's not what it holy means. Holy means that you were used for this 
And God says, no, that's not what I've called you to be used for. I've not called you to be used for this world. I've not called you to be used for perversion. I've not called you to be used for wickedness. He said, I died for you so that now I'm giving you a different purpose in life. I've consecrated, I've set you apart so that you can live this life that I've died and given my life for you to have. It's a total different thought process than just trying to be good enough. It says, grounded and steadfast. If you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and listen, are not moved away from. Every day, there's Christians being moved away from. I don't know about you, you know, but me as a kid, we used to play this game called King of the Hill. You know, and we lived normally in, in a subdivision or place, and they would be maybe building a house or doing it, and they'd have dirt piles. And we'd climb up, you know, whoever got up there first and whoever could stand their ground was the king of the hill. Push them, you know, push them down the dirt pile. And yes, it got crazy, you know. But the goal wasn't, I'm not going to be moved. When I played football, my whole goal was to move people. Move you out of the way. Move you from an upright position to on the ground. That was my life, was moving people or moving the ball from here to there. You see, you have an adversary that wants to move you and move you off of your faith, move you off of your calling, move you out of your race, move you out of your lane. And he's not always doing it by brute physical force, even though you're seeing that more now. Amen? Now listen, don't confuse what's going on from a riot perspective to what started as a movement. And if you want to know how I feel about that, you can go back and listen. Okay? So I'm not talking bad about the movement. I'm not talking about the, bad, the, the, the justice part. But when it steps over into a whole other level, there's something else at work. And it isn't just black and white problems. Okay? So I want you to understand so you know when I'm talking about this, I'm not putting down something because I believe that God is working and wanting to do something. But I do believe also that the enemy has tried to hijack that. Okay? So when I talk about this, what I'm saying is, is you've got the enemy that's trying to move you in directions and ways that are not scriptural and not godly. Because of what you see or because of what you hear. My love for my brothers and sisters in Christ and those that are another color from me should be steadfast. And it shouldn't be based on what I see. It should be based on my relationship with them. And we're commanded to love one another and walk together with one another. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And if you're not careful, the enemy will try to use what you see to move you off of your love for one another and start trying to pit you against each other because, well, I vote this way, I vote that way, I'm this color, you're that color. And really, that's not how we look at one another. We look at each other through the blood of Jesus Christ and we walk together as the body of Christ. And I'm watching it. I'm watching it move families away from each other. 
because we're so caught up. There's nothing wrong. Uh, uh, there's nothing wrong. You better get out and vote. I'm not here to tell you who to vote for, but you better vote. You know what I'm saying? Either or vote. Enough said about that. <clears throat> Amen. But 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 we're not going to allow what's going on in our world to cause division in the house. It's time to let God heal the house. And the problem is, the problem is, is we've let the world cause division in the house, and it shouldn't be there because we're bigger than that. We're different than that. Amen. That, that's not who we are. We're not, we're not living that way. We're living as those that are children of God and we're walking together to accomplish a destiny and a purpose. Amen? So the Bible says that we need to resist him and we do that steadfast in the faith, not being moved away from the hope because we're grounded and we're steadfast. Amen? And the Bible says, last scripture, I'm going to read you. It says, beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if, there's that word again, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast, what, to the end. The beginning of, what's he talking about? It's the day you first believed. It's the day that you met Jesus. It's the day that you confessed him as Lord and Savior, that we're holding that steadfast to the end. It says, while it is said, today if you will hear my voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. He was talking about the children of Israel and how he delivered them out of Egypt, but then they didn't like the in-between they didn't like where they had to be steadfast. And he said, well, I'll just let you die off in the wilderness and I'll wait for a generation that'll be steadfast and do what I called them to do. And he's saying, don't harden yourselves like that as they did in the wilderness. Don't be deceived. Amen. Listen, God is for you. And he's not against you. And we've got a lot of things going on around us and what we need to do in order to face that is we need to be steadfast in the faith, steadfast in the truth. Because the enemy is the God of this world, and Jesus said, there is no truth in you. The devil has no truth. Everything that he does is false, and it's a lie. And it's a perversion of the truth. So wherever you see that operating, and, 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 and you're going to see that as part of this world system. And, and listen, you and I are going to face different challenges and, 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 and different things, but if we'll just be steadfast in our faith, we don't quit. We abound in what God's called us to do. We're going to make a difference, and we're going to see people's lives change. And we get to see them spend eternity with us. And that's why we're here. Amen. And we as believers should stand for righteousness. So where there's injustice, there's nothing wrong with calling that injustice injustice and standing for righteousness. I'm not taking away from that. Do you understand? Do you all hear in my heart today? 
but I'm not going to get caught up in the assignment of the enemy to bring confusion and chaos. I'm going to be steadfast, and I'm going to love my brothers, and I'm going to love my sister. I'm going to love my enemies. I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do as a believer, and I'm going to be steadfast in that. And if you'll do that, then you're going to make it through and you're going to be okay. I'm not saying there aren't going to be challenges. I'm telling you right now, I'm preparing you for challenges because they're coming. But for the joy set before us, for all of us, and you may look at the world and you say, well, they're not exercising justice here and there. Listen, the world doesn't know how to exercise justice. That's the problem. It's because without the moral foundation of the word of God, the truth, that's where justice flows from. It doesn't come from anywhere else. When you take that out, you're like they were in the Old Testament where the Bible says everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Everybody else has their own form of justice. But when we stick to what the word of God says and we're steadfast in that, it gives me an authority to stand on and I can stand and believe God for righteousness and justice to take place. And I can start by living in that. Amen? I can do that by living in that. So bow your heads with me. Thank you for being patient and letting me get this out this morning, but I, I believe it's so important and powerful to our lives today. In Psalm, let me get it. In Psalm 51.10, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit in me. And I'm going to pray for you, every one of us this morning, because I believe we all need it. Amen. For God to renew a steadfast spirit in you. Father, I pray for every one of us, those watching online. That Father, you do, you create in us a clean heart that our heart would not be full of judgment. Our heart would not be full of condemnation. Our heart would not look at the world and, and, and just and, 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 and re respond in hatred and respond in, in things that are ungodly. But Father, we see the hurt in the world and we respond, Father, according to your word. And we, we help bind up the wounds. We pour oil and wine on the wounds that we're extensions of you and we're healers, we're restorers, we're ministers of reconciliation. Father, let that be in our hearts. And let us not be moved, Father, by the things of this world. But Father, let us be moved, Father, by the hearts of men, the compassion that you have for every walk of life that those that are hurting, those that have faced injustice, let us have a right heart towards them, a heart of healing, a heart of love, Father, a heart of ministry and coming alongside. Father, and renew a steadfast spirit in each one of us. 
renew a steadfast spirit in each one of us that we won't be moved. We won't be moved off of our assignment. We won't be moved, Father, off of mercy and compassion and love. We won't be moved off of the truth. We won't be moved off of our relationship with you. Our faith and confidence in you will not be moved, but will be steadfast. And I pray that every person, Father, that they'd be strengthened, your word says, in the inner man by the power of Christ, the power of your spirit, that there is a strength on the inside of us that comes, Father, from your spirit, that we can live and abound in the work of the Lord, abound in the work of the Lord. I thank you for that this morning. I declare that over this place in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. I know this is kind of a strong word today, and I'm telling you there is good news. It's not just that we have victory, but it's what God's going to do as we're steadfast. God's not at a loss. The Bible says when they crucified Jesus, he said, if the rulers of this age had known what God was going to do, they wouldn't have crucified him. So if the enemy had known what God was going to do and what he's, he's doing, what he's about to do, what's coming, he wouldn't have done, he wouldn't have incited, he wouldn't have pushed because the glory of God is going to be revealed so much greater than the things that we face. And that's great news. Amen. And it's not because you're this perfect person and you're doing everything just right. It's because you're steadfast. And we're here for you. If you're struggling in your walk, if you just need somebody to pray with you, I encourage you, be a part of that small group. But you can call us. You can reach out to us. We're here to stand and to believe God with you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, give Jesus a hand.